everyone, and welcome to my super cool, awesome, cool podcast where I talk about film scores. Today, let's talk about possibly the most underrated soundtrack to ever be made. My name is Macy, this is episode 8, and you're listening to Reels and Records. soundtrack has finally seen some light in the past couple weeks. I have been seeing a lot of those really emotionally heavy slideshows full of poetry um, on TikTok recently, and they feature songs like House Song by Sea Rose, a slowed and reverbed version of Scott Street by Phoebe, a lot of Aphex Twin and Duster, Need To by Pine Grove, and most recently, and this will spoil the movie I'm talking about today, which is hilarious because you already read it in the title (laughs) a song called jacob and the stone written by emil mosteri the movie we're talking about today is minari the 2020 a24 film directed by the utah alumni lee isaac chung with a cast consisting of steven yoon han yeri yoon yo jung will patton noel cho and finally the star of the show alan kidd who was only eight years old when the movie was made as i said earlier the film was scored by emil mosteri who has done a couple of other films like Last Black Man in San Francisco, When You Finish Saving the World, and Kajillionaire. Mosseri is one of my favorite composers and musicians. Um, There's also a song on Kajillionaire with Angel Olsen, who's another one of my favorites. Emil has produced a lot of music outside of film as well. Um, My favorite being Moon in Your Eye, um, and also his most recently released album called Heaven Hunters, which encapsulates his entire tone and style in such an eclectic way. In attempts to describe that style, I would say that atmospheric is kind of the perfect word. Um, And words like tranquil, majestic, ethereal are pretty much perfect. Now, Minari. I watched this film for the first time on November 15th, 2021. (laughs) And I know this because I immediately went to my notes app and I couldn't stop writing about it and how touching it was. Here's the excerpt. Here's an excerpt of what I wrote when I was a bit younger. Minari is so uncomfortably intimate. I genuinely feel like the emotion in the parental relationship is an overflowing cup of an overwhelming realism and terror and really addicting tender moments. And there was a childlike perspective brought in so softly with the music. The soundtrack is so innocent. Sorry. The soundtrack so innocently romanticizes an extremely realistic story. I was not wrong. Um, The soundtrack is so crucial to the depth of the storyline. It brings in a sense of wonder, unease, and hope all at the same time. It captures the weight of adulthood and the simplicity of childhood. So let's start by talking about the intro track. You'll never, never guess what it's called. a song that audibly recreates a curtain opening, leading simultaneously to the beginning of a story and also light pouring in through a window. Two types of curtains. Even the piano in this track is billowing over and scattered about in that sense. The piano is one of my favorite aspects of the soundtrack, especially when it's used in a way that this first track presents it. It's unpredictable and atypical, and it coexists effortlessly with a storyline flooded in realism. The next track is called Jacob and the Stone. Jacob and the Stone. 
This is the song that caught a lot of attention recently. Positive attention. The song is so atmospheric and breathtaking. It uses slow droning strings and wings. Whoa. <laughs> Using slow droning strings and winds to create the feeling and sound of actual wind. And the layers and layers of harmony send chills down your spine. The whole song feels like a deep breath. Next song is called The Big Country. This is one of my favorite songs, mostly because I'm always in awe of how such simple melodies can go such long ways. This track has vocals in it too, but not the kind that you would assume. It uses voice as an instrument instead, with no words. Another hint towards the feeling of wind, the voice of wind. There's no blatant explanation as to why so much of the soundtrack sounds produced by nature, but I feel like maybe it was their way of integrating the soundtrack into the movie really seamlessly. The film takes place on a plot of near-empty land in Arkansas, a place intended to be a fresh start despite being drenched by past failure and disadvantage, in more ways than one. I saw Boy Genius last night. I can't think. Let's talk about that for a second. I saw Boy Genius last night. I saw Lucy, I saw Julian, I saw Phoebe. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Where was I at? Oh, <laughs> the sound of wind, the feeling of it, puts you there in that meadow by the running creek and in the car where the movie begins, windows down and nostalgia running rampant. The part of the song that is the most magical to me is the piano around 1 minute 15 seconds, about halfway through the song. It starts on this flourishing run of notes that are somehow just as impactful as they are delicate. next song is called Garden of Eden, a title that alone holds so much significance to the film. The movie is called Minari, which is a Korean native plant uh, used not only for food and it, for its taste, but also as a treatment for fever, dehydration, high blood pressure, and a lot more. And in the movie, a lot of the focus goes to the farm of Korean produce that the family attempts to start. So you can see why the song might be titled the way it is. Um, Minari is the standout here. The plant Minari is the standout here because, as described in the film, it's an ingredient eaten by everyone from beggars to millionaires. It's also a plant that very easily adapts to any environment, which represents Korean immigrants. The song is stunning, which I'm without a doubt going to say about every single track. Um, but the mixture of soft and steady guitar finger picking underneath the silvery flute melody is so rejuvenating and calming to listen to. I genuinely do pull the soundtrack out whenever I get too anxious to breathe, too angry to speak, too sad to think, anything of the sort. Something else I love about this composition altogether as a whole is the choice of melodies throughout the score. I talked about this a little bit before, but I want to go into detail because unlike many scores out there that have a recurring melodic theme, 
Minari has a cohesive creation of melodies without that reoccurring specific theme. Um, and that doesn't make very much sense, though I will explain. I just love the types of melodies in here. They're sporadic in a way, scattered but not in an alarming manner, just unpredictable and unique. The notes don't very often follow a pattern that you can tie to already existing music. I think it fits the film so well. Rain Song is the first track with lyrics. It's sung in Korean by Yeri Han, who plays Monica in the film. Uh, here's the translation of some of the lyrics. Um, it goes, Sing softly in the night, waiting for the rain. Walk slowly on the path, softly through the grass, waiting for the rain. Come closer, the wait is over, the winter's rolling away. Sing softly in the calm, safely in my arms, waiting for the rain. Let it fall on your eyes, let it sing through the night. Let it fall on a blade of grass, and I hold it with you. I love it. Next is Grandma Picked a Good Spot. I love this song. Um, I learned the song on piano a while back, and it's the most mesmerizing piece to play. Mesmerizing really is the perfect word for it. It puts you in a trance. The song is called Grandma Picked a Good Spot because it's her that chooses where to grow the minari. One of the best parts of the song, and maybe one of the best parts of any song ever is the break in the melody near the end of the song. It sounds like the sun breaking through the clouds. The melody is cascading down over itself. It's the sigh of relief after the deep breath. The next song is called Hamuni, which is grandma in Korean. This one does feature a whisper of a previous melody, but then introduces this new and refreshing melody on top of that familiar chord progression in another cascading motion. I read in an article that um, an article about the score that said that it lacked emotional specificity, which really caught my attention. Um, the article isn't inherently critical, but I did feel a bit defensive reading this one part because I, I very much disagree. Um, I don't disagree, but I think it shouldn't be a negative thing. I feel like if any film were to benefit from the lack of a deliberately sad song, a happy song, an angry song, or anything of the sort, it would be Minari. Minari is wildly amazing at creating a realistic atmosphere, and it's much more true to life when emotions coexist. Every single song here carries the weight of multiple emotions, and maybe I can't convince you that with just words, but you can feel it in the songs. Jacob's Prayer, another one of my favorite tracks. Um, I think this song has a theremin in it, which is one of the coolest instruments of all time. It might have something that sounds similar to a theremin, some type of synth, but I love it. Regardless, this track also uses vocals as an instrument again, which creates, once again, a really natural and earthy feel. I wish I had more words to express how pretty this song is. I play it on my piano all the time, and the way the notes interchange and slowly digress lower and lower while creating a loop of power versus timidness in the style of playing, it's, it's my favorite thing ever. I think the coolest thing is that I don't ever have to try and exude passion and expression when playing it. It just happens. It's written into the music. 
Then we have wind song. The first of its upbeat kind. Um, this is another song with lyrics that translate to Follow the wind, follow the sun, my flowing person. Follow the cloud, follow the moon. Will you hear me if I call? I bury you in this wind. Slingers is the next track I want to talk about. Um, it's another track that's slightly upbeat. It has a strong downbeat that I associate with the feeling of running, which if you've seen the film, you know is a pretty significant thing, running, um, because David, who has a heart condition, he shouldn't overexert himself, but he runs eventually. And it's really heartfelt, so simple, and the simplicity really makes it punch you in the gut. Then, after this stronger piece with a prominent guitar, we see that breakthrough of light again. The music slows into a toned-down version of a previously familiar melody. Once again, it's the simplicity that stands out so strongly here. There are layers upon layers of that same simple melody, and it creates an overwhelming feeling of peace which could be redundant, overwhelming in peace. But I don't think so. I think that peace can be overwhelming. The next um, song I want to talk about is called Minari Suit. Um, this piece is curated from mostly piano, but it is supported by strings. What I find so unique about this track, and it ties in so well with the multitude of melodic themes in the rest of the soundtrack, the piece is making its way slowly down the piano, like it's slowly trickling down in pitch. It begins with this steady note and then falls from there. And something I really love that stands out to me um, when I play this piece on piano is that the left hand is almost delayed in the falling, falling action. The right hand will move down while the left hand stays for another measure or two, which creates such a unique composition. And that's a really small detail, but I, I obsess over it sometimes. relatively simple, consisting of a plethora of arpeggios and repetitive notes, and yet it packs such a heavy punch. This is another track that reaches a climax and merges into another piece that becomes its own sigh of relief. Paul's and Tiffany is an extremely sick track. I, it's absolutely jaw-dropping jaw to me, personally. The best I can explain it is that it's this jumbled up mixture of random notes that fit inside the scale, like someone's just throwing up all of them into this sporadic pile of notes. Though I'm definitely sure there's some sort of theoretical explanation for it. dream. It brings in the vocal oohs and ahs again as well, which reinforces that. The chord progression in this one sounds like it belongs in a fantasy movie, which I think is so wonderful to include in such a realistic movie because, although it's realism, we so often see everything from a child's perspective. And truly, to me, that's what this song sounds like.
track, Find It Every Time, sounds like it was adopted from a Tim Burton film. If someone told me that the chords and vocals were ripped straight from Edward Scissorhands, I would certainly believe them. The outro song, outro, titled very creatively, is nearly the same song as the intro track, with a bit of a deeper tone. It has that same sense of wonder and beginning, which is so interesting to look at because of it being the film's closing song. But I love that it's almost telling you that there's no end. The realistic part of the end of this movie is that it's a new start. Nothing is ever finite. I can't name a single song that is as full of hope and wonder and content. It ties up the created atmosphere in the film and leaves you wanting to appreciate your life, your family, your grandma, your neighbors, the earth, etc., 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 forever and ever. But yeah, um, that's that's all I have, I think. <laughs> that's all I have to talk about. Um, but thank you for listening. Thank you very much. And yeah, for upcoming episodes. Planning right now to do a really fun one next. It's going to be a double feature, which is new. Um, never done that before. But I feel like in times going on right now, um, pop culture, what's really big right now are two movies, and I want to kind of do them together. So hopefully that gives you enough of a hint, and I will talk to you guys then. So have a good day, um, and I hope your music hits really, really hard this week, because it has for me. I went to Boy Genius last night, so <laughs> anyways, have a good day, guys. Goodbye. Goodbye.